Hey, Bulls Nation, Matt Gentile here, host of the Rebuildable Podcast, and we got a lot to get to. Since we last spoke, the Bulls now sit at 4-7, and seven, but the big news today, as sit here recording this on November 14th, this report from The Athletic, Shams, Charania, and Darnell Mayberry both reporting together that teams are probing Zach Levine's availability with the Chicago Bulls, and it seems like the Bulls are open to the idea of trading Zach Levine. Also seems like Zach Levine himself might even be open to the idea of being dealt. Um, As Darnell Mayberry tweeted at one point today, there's a lot of expectation around the NBA that the Bulls roster will look different about a month from now, which uh, it's crazy that we're getting to this point. But I think many of you in Bulls Nation, and you know, I I would include myself in this, we kind of anticipated that this day would eventually come. Now, um, how soon was the question, right? Because I think many of us were sitting here in the offseason wondering, well, could they make major moves or tweak the roster, retool it, uh, even spark a full rebuild? And they seem to want to play out the string again like they did last year, right? Run it back, have that continuity. And they made some moves around the margins that I think we all can agree were solid moves on paper and Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, but you know, through these first 11 games, it still seems like the same problems persist that we saw a lot last season. And so it's interesting to kind of look and see what the bulls do here. If this actually comes into fruition, but usually when you get these big national reports, that's when you know the wheels are in motion on something Um, to kind of help get through all this. I wanted to have a guest on and, Originally, we were going to talk about some different subject matter, but I can't think of a better person to talk about all this with than Buzz from ONTAP Sports, because there's been, I know, a lot of opinions he's had about the team uh, really since this summer. And it really even dating back to last season, he's had some very poignant thoughts about the the organization. Uh, We were going to talk a lot about, I think, Jerry Reinsdorf and ownership because I wanted to build off that point I made last week in, in the quick episode I dropped, but I think we got a lot more to get to. And and I'm sure we'll touch on some of that too, but this Zach Levine story, of course, uh, is the big focus for our podcast today. So without further ado, let me bring in Buzz. Buzz, got a lot to unpack here. How's everything going though with you? Oh, everything's going good, man. So you reached out to me last week. We said, oh, we're going to get on there and chop it up and talk about some bulls. And we're just like, oh, it's probably be the same stuff that we always talk about. And then today we got some news. So I, no no person I'd really I, rather be here with than you on this show because you get to break the stuff down. We're doing post games over at Bulls on Tap a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk a little bit, but you get to break it down here. So that's why I'm very excited. Well, we see here's the thing. When your podcast has the title Rebuildable and the whole purpose is rebuilding, <laughs> This is this is the perfect topic. You want to yeah. talk about silver platter shit. This is perfect. I love it, man. But honestly, I even said to to the listeners before you hopped on that, like, I wanted to talk about some big picture stuff with, you know, Reinsdorf and, and kind of getting into that. And this is like a, an interesting segue into all of that. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk a little bit about that with you. But we got to start with the story of the day, of course, the report from The Athletic, both Shams Charania and... Darnell Mayberry both dropped the uh, report there that, you know, teams are asking about Zach Levine. The Bulls aren't saying no. There seems to be interest there. There might even be interest within Zach Levine and his camp about possibly moving. 
So before we get into like the nitty gritty, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that report drop today? Oh, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, Mark, we we went through game one with a closed door team meeting. This is this has been a train wreck waiting to happen. Or Matt, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mark, Matt. Um, I I I don't I don't understand why it's taken so long. I also don't like the magnitude of the drop today too. Like just how it happened. Like, I mean, like, I think, what would you say? That came out of nowhere for you? I mean, we kind of figured something was going to happen if we keep losing. Mm-hmm. But but being like, wow, it's just in the middle of the day after a loss, you got the, uh, you got some of the play, uh, the in-season tournament games going on today. It's just so, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been smoke for a while. And this is mm-hmm. where we're at now. So my, my initial thoughts, not surprised, but also like, wow, in the middle of a day on a random Tuesday, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, especially when we're talking only 11 games in, you know, you usually think like this kind of stuff starts to leak as you get closer to like Christmas time, you, you before the turn of the calendar, because you're getting a little closer to that deadline time. Right. So I, I think that's what surprised me today. Like, wow, this, this is happening right now in November. And it, I think the initial question that popped in my head is why now? You know, with, with this group doing all the stuff with continuity, why now? And I, it kind of was interesting because right when I'm thinking that, I see your tweet come in, the quote tweet where you're you're asking that question, like, you know, like the fact that they're doing this when they had a chance to do it at the deadline. It's like, what's his value now? Like that starts swimming in my head, and it made me think, like, really, eleven games into this, now, now we suddenly see the light. Like, oh well. Yeah, let's let's now start to explore trade opportunities. Um, And I don't know if it's again, like it could be the fact that other teams are calling like maybe that's where they're starting to become more smoke because teams are probing and the Bulls are saying, well, now it might be a good opportunity. But I think that was the first thing in my head was, wow, we're doing this 11 games into this. Yeah, I I, that's why I I, like I haven't tweeted this yet, but I was I've been thinking about it. Um, I, I just I think it's come from Zach. I I, th- I would not be surprised in a day or two, dude, to see that Zach Levine requested a trade or something like that. I mean, like you said, eleven games in, why now? So that's why I asked the question in the tweet, like why why didn't you do it at the trade deadline when it was reported that a couple? I mean, yeah, a couple teams didn't want to go crazy and give three to four first rounds. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. When we were kids, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You didn't move that many picks. That's why the NBA is just so different today than it was yesterday. Like and by yesterday I mean you know in the early two thousands when we were coming up as is you know teenagers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it, it it's just I never thought you'd get that for him. I never thought you'd get three first round picks for Zach Levine. If you would ask me that last year, I would have still told you no. I yeah. it just it never made sense to me because he doesn't play on both ends. He's not a bad player, which I had to reiterate in another tweet. I think he's a good player, but where we're at right now, I this return they they screwed the pooch on this dude. They mm. should have done it at the deadline or in the off season. That's when they should have done these moves. Well, that the scary part is right now that we had a bit of a market reset this summer when it came to draft capital, because of course, the, like the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell trades that seemed to net a just a shitload of draft capital, right? I think what was it in the Gobert trade? Five first round like, picks. I, I think four. Four. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like, like four first round picks, and then a slew of players. Right, and so. When you were hearing the rumblings around the trade deadline with the New York Knicks, three first round picks, potentially like one of those pieces, like quickly or uh, what was the other player Quentin that was Grimes being... is who I wanted Grimes. Yeah. And and I think yeah. you even heard a little bit about like RJ Barrett, but like mm-hmm. 
you think about that, like that was probably could have been probably like the the peak package you could have gotten. And right. now here we are a little less than a year later. And like, I still think it'll probably be a decent package, but I think you're right. Like the, the fact that they didn't strike while the iron was hot last deadline and at a point where it was a probably a much better draft to try to take your ass into. Oh, oh my gosh. And you know me, I'm a college basketball dork. I would, I would have loved it to be up there in this draft. There's some talent there. You know, mm-hmm. um, there is some next year too. Don't get me wrong. There's a coming I mean, in that top six. I, I, I like the top six yeah. of what's being rumored right now. Um, you know, that that's where I'm at with that. But like, let me ask you a question because mm. since we're talking about trade value and, and, and looking at where we're at, if I were to, if me and you were having a beer and we see the James Harden news come on television, we're just out mm-hmm. when he got dealt to Los Angeles, what would you have said about that trade package to me at the time? Would you have felt that that is a fair return for a former MVP and an all NBA player? Mm, I mean, and now we're, we're asking, and, and now we're asking what Zach's going to get. And, and that's my thing. Like Harden, I didn't think that deal was crazy from the Clippers to send for no. what James Harden could be. Right. I mean, and in that trade, you're looking at what it was one unprotected first two seconds and then a swap. And I think what an, another first round pick coming in. I think it was, an, yeah, if, if that, um, I, I have to, but it was very underwhelming. I think Zach Ness I, less. I think he gets you maybe one, a couple seconds and some contract. I don't know. I, I'm I telling think, you, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was a crazy trade, but I also look at age. I think there's also a perception around James Harden. So I think, I didn't think it was totally undervalued, but, you know, again, I'm trying to think what would be a better comparable trade right now if we look at, what you could net with for Zach, like what try to think of like any trade that happened in the off season that could, I mean, we didn't have a lot of movement. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of max contract movement. That's right. He's on a max contract. You're going to have to fit salaries. And and of course, if I'm the GM and I'm sure if you're the GM, you're going to want what young talent to rebuild the team. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to do that with where we are now? What's happening now? And listen, I understand that Zach's what, 21 off top of my dome, 21.9 points per game. I know he's shooting 40% from the field, like 30% from downtown. We know he could do better than that. So that's not going to really hurt him because the situation looks so bad right now. And we're only 11 in. So we're like, only 11 in. Right. But, but again, if you had fans last year in Chicago clamoring for James Harden, wanting James Harden on this team. If you remember that, because I, I know I remember it. It was all, I, over. I mean, it wasn't me, but there was a lot of people that did. And again, I don't think anybody in this league, and I'm just being honest. I don't think anybody in this league, if you have to put the ball, only playing off ball, if Zach can do it, if he could do it, it's fine. But anybody in the league would take James Harden over Zach Levine. And, and that's today too. And that's today too, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he's going to net us a good return because I think they waited too long. And a couple of the teams that they want to trade with, like the Lakers, for example, they're rumored. They can't really do anything till December 15th, dude. No. And then so you're going to, you're going up to the deadline. You're starting to get close to it at least. <laughs> it's bad. bad. Yeah. And like some of the other, um, I, I know Shams was on, um, I forget which, which show it is that he pops in. I think it was like some, I think he was on the rally or something. He mentioned the Lakers, the Heat, the Sixers. And like mm-hmm. that Sixers one's been swirling. And it's funny because like this offseason, I think what we we heard uh rumors about Tobias Harris, right? Yeah, right, yes. And we all kind of looked and like, oh come on, it can't be Tobias Harris. Now you're looking like, well, I mean it's an expiring deal, isn't it? 
expiring one, deal and yeah. could you could you potentially get some type of draft capital to be worked out with it like it doesn't it starts to not look so bad when you start talking about expiring contracts because that that is another potential well, avenue free, for you right it, it, exactly so like you could go that route grab some expiring contracts from or even a contract one or two years on it let's hit these drafts let's suck let's get let's get into the lottery let's see what happens i mean we we've been through this Mm-hmm. Which which, which kind of sucks, but like I always kind of thought Garpax was at least trying to get up there. I don't know what this one's doing, but the team that I'm interested in, and I saw is it was a dark, nah, what article was it, man? I don't mean to misquote the publication, but I can't remember it, and I will find it, I promise you, but it was a potential trade with the Magic. Hmm. And that was something that tickled my fancy. I'll tell you that, because they got some young talent over there. I believe they got a bad contract or two. <laughs> there so like i will i will take it you know what i'm hmm. saying like i i will i would like to go over there and maybe grab some of that young talent if i mean but are they would they even be interested because they're not going to lose anything in their backcourt really on defense you know i mean gary harris only has a year left over there jonathan isaac's on a huge con you know 17.4 million dollars uh they'd have to find a way to make it work but that's something they actually have some cap room though hmm. wow they've got already five million they have five million a cap room right now that's that would be something I'd be interested in. Yeah, like, and that that's what I'm wondering. Like, is there going to be a, a a team we don't, you know, expect? Because I feel like everybody keeps throwing around. Like, we've we, we've been hearing about the Lakers and the Sixers for a while. We've heard about, yeah. um, you know, rumblings with Miami. Which, I mean, I don't know. That one that one might be a gut punch. Like, you see Jimmy Butler <laughs> and Zach Levine suit up. Yeah, I mean that that could have happened in 20 you know 14 if we we go back in time, but right. That's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Cause like the, you mentioned like the uncertainty of what, what are Acme thinking? And it's like, I keep going back to this summer and I just, and I know I I'm rambling about it a lot, but like going into the off season, um, I know like the re-signing of Vooch, like you kind of sense like that, that might have happened regardless, but I still don't understand why there wasn't an effort to part with one of the big three. Like, and 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 not even just it didn't even have to be Zach. Like, a lot was made of like getting rid of Demar Derozan and like, well, what's the point behind that? Because you know it, you're not going to get a lot in in return for an older older player. And and but I still think there's probably something you could have gotten of value, and I think it would have just reset some things a little bit. I'd like maybe it's more of a retool, but I didn't understand why they just didn't do anything in terms of shaking up that core. Like it's those three guys to me that are kind of like the massive hemorrhoid in the sphincter. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, I, I totally do. It's, it's, it's almost like for like, when you said about like them kind of sitting back, you know, and then like waiting for something, it's because they're not trendsetters it's because they're followers and waiting for the market to set so they can evaluate their talent instead of being the ones to make a real change. Hmm. That's a prop. That's a problem that, you know, that is a problem when you're a GM in the NBA, you gotta be, you can't be afraid to do something. You have, fa- it's a loyal fan base, dude. Hmm. So I, like, that's why I don't like to hear like, Oh, well, you don't want to keep asses in seats. We go anyway. Like, you know, because we're stupid. That's what we do. We go anyway. But like, hey, I, care, careful now. There's a lot. There's a lot within, you know, the Bulls content creation sphere that's that's taking oh. heat for ripping fan bases. So oh, they don't do they don't they don't like me over there. That's OK. You know, they don't like me because of Patrick Williams. Uh, I said that he wasn't going to be very good. And 
and everybody told me about their advanced stats and how I was wrong. And here we are in year four and he looks like, sh- or year three, whatever it is, he looks like shit, but I digress. Mm. Um, this this is where I'm at. Be a trendsetter. They should have made a move. It could have been Zach or DeMar too. I have no preference. I like DeMar DeRozan. I like Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. The reason they kept Vooch is because who works better in a rebuilding situation? Was this always in the back of their head? Were they too scared? Did they really want to give it one more college try? And then they signed Vooch to what was it? 20, about 20 million a year or something like that. You know, three years, $60 million. Great. Pay the man, trade the other two, net a value if you can and tank. Cause that's what you need to do. You know, yeah. like that, that, that's just it. But they're, they're afraid to be trendsetters. And that's where I am now as a fan. I put out that, like that tweet is like, I don't know who I'm more mad at. Like, I I just, I thought change was a coming. Yeah. And this is my second Jerry Reinsdorf team. I don't know if the video will be up on this, but this is torture right behind me. You have no idea. You know, the, the white it's a, socks. It's, and- a, it's a shirt with a socks logo on it. For, <laughs> yeah. for those listening. It's, it's horrible, man. It's everywhere. So, I'm surrounded. Okay. I, this actually is a good tipping off point. Cause like, I, I want to get back into, into this whole discussion of, of a potential rebuild you know, floodgate opening, but I, you brought up something that I definitely want to touch on because I, I talked about it a little bit last week. So you said about, you know, you're not sure who to be more upset with, you know, uh, Garpax or, or Acme now. And I, I kind of pose this question to listeners, like, should we point that blame towards Acme or is it really, do you feel like sometimes like is there certain weird mandates coming from your ownership from Jerry and Michael? And, and I'll, I'll pose this to you, Buzz. Like what keeps coming in my head is it seems like the same problems persist. And it's like what's happening with your other team, with the White Sox. The same problems seem to always pop up. And this dysfunction's happening with the Bulls again. And it seems like there's mixed messages going on in the building, right? Like um, and I kind of keep going back to when the Bulls made all these moves in the summer of 2021, right? You know, they get Lonzo Ball, they make the the swing for DeMar DeRozan, they add Alex Caruso, and teams riding high early in the season. Right from that point, though, it's like there's usually another step, right, for a team that wants to get into contending status. And it seems like the Bulls instead plateaued. They didn't bother to say, all right, we're going to go into the luxury tax. We're really going to go for it, right, in the summer of 2022. And what's really odd to me is Michael Reinsdorf does an interview and says, yeah, if we have a contending team, we're going to go in the luxury tax, okay? Why did they not make that effort at that point when you were on the doorstep? And I keep going back to that and wondering, do they maybe take some of the ideas that your executives have and say, yeah, you know what though? Mm, we don't know about Lonzo ball yet. So just wait, just wait, you know, run this back because we saw how good it was when, when Lonzo was healthy. And I know like they're not meddling owners in that regard, but I do think when it comes to money being spent and when those, when something like that happens where it's like, well, we, we want to spend money, but it's like, well, wait a minute. Why do you want to spend 20 million? Like you, you spent $20 million last year on this point guard. Like wait till he gets healthy. You you tell me Jerry Reinsdorf wouldn't do something like that. I mean, they kept a disabled player exception. And, and, you know, (laughs) keep like, and let's, let's take it to this off season. Like 
Is it, well, let's run this back because you know what? We knew towards the end of the season that that was a good team. Like, we could spend a little bit, but I think we got something here. Like, I I don't know. I, I often wonder, like, is it trying to please an unrealistic ownership group at times? Trying I, to operate in this weird confines that no other team operates in the NBA like. Yeah, it's such a hard question to answer because, like, look at so we'll, we're we're going to use the two teams that he owns, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that's what we use here. So we're going to use the Bulls and we're going to use the Sox. So when the Sox were competing, and, and you know uh, at the twenty and twenty one, and they you know they're doing some good things and they were you know on the come up, the best team in the American League and all that stuff. He was seventh in payroll. Mm-hmm. His GM who he kept faith in during the rebuild process kind of screwed the pooch, spent the money wrong and it screwed him. Now I'm not, so I will say that Jerry has shown the ability to spend money, but this is always the story. Mm -hmm. And I, I am having a hard time correlating the two and and finding where it meets. It's like, well, if you think you're going to win, aren't you going to want to go all out? But if it seems like there's some sort of self doubt, nah, I don't care how that guy compliments the other guy. We ain't doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're not. And I, I just, I, I have a hard time distinguishing if he is in the ears of well, he has to be because he was in the ears of Rick Hahn and when he when they hired Tony Larusa, mm-hmm. you know. I, but I, the Bulls have always been pretty tight lipped though, dude. Like it, nothing gets out of that organization like it does on the South Side. So like it's True. very hard, like especially since Acme's entered the building. I don't know anything that's ever happening, and I have some friends that I know in the know, and it's just it, it's just. <laughs> I never hear, I, I I don't know. They're very tight lipped, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know how Michael or Jerry run that squad. I have no clue. What's well, interesting. Cause like it, you brought up like the seventh in payroll in baseball. Right. And yeah. it's almost like, it, it, is there, I guess like false parameters put into place. And when I say false, like really just within Jerry's own head or the Reinsdorf's own head of like, you know what we will spend, but don't spend more than this amount. And it's right. like just an arbitrary number, you know, right. like, and that's what I've always wondered because, you know, it, they, it's, it's almost like the following that same model, like white Sox are a bad out of hell in, you know, the 2019 winter to set up the 2020 season. I know, you know, with the COVID shortened season, and everything, but you know, they had a really solid year that year. And then 2021, it's like, same thing. They kind of spend a little extra, but, you know, I mean, it it doesn't, but it's almost like there's, they just don't take that extra step. You know what I mean? And, like, and think about your second base problem. problem, you know, like, <laughs> oh, <just> go, <laughs> come on, like, just spend a right little field. more, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, in, in his, def- and I can't believe I'm saying this, in his defense, and that's air quoted for the listeners, um, <laughs> even if he would have used the disabled player exception or went into the luxury tax with how this team is performing, what, what, what was available that would probably make this better than what it is. And that mm-hmm. is something that I have struggled with looking back at it. Cause again, I'm, I'm, I'm 32 now and I kind of look things a little bit more. I try to look at them a little more maturely instead of burning the world down. Um, you know, it's like he taking a hard look at this and being like, <laughs> you think that this guy is going to help you? No. I'm not doing this because now it's going to charge me X amount of dollars more. And I'm a businessman. And what does a businessman want? Whether we want to admit it or not money, he wants, <laughs> what's your P and L, what's your profit, what's your loss. And, and, and is that what he's looking at? I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I will say the care now that is where we're going to like, that's where it transitions to the care. 
Do you care to win? Do you have that fuel to motivate a fan base to be like, you know what? Oh my goodness. He, he didn't even care. He, he knew he was going to lose, but he threw everything he had at it to make it the best possible product that we can watch. And that is something he doesn't do. And mm. that is a problem. We had 35 games of it. I, I, I'm tired of it. Like I, I, I loved Lonzo's ball time here, dude. It was fun. We had a good time. It's over. It's been over for two years. If he's waiting on that, and that was an actual thing. It just tells you everything you need to know about where we're at and what we're doing with this squad. There is no, there is no mistaking the fact that either of the teams he's owned have caught lightning once. And what I mean by six championships and once, you're lucky you bought you you bought a team and inherited Michael Jordan. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You're then you buy the socks, you catch 05 lightning in a bottle, and then everybody's like, oh, well, he's got all these championships. Well, yeah, he bought a team with Jordan. So, I mean, count your blessings, Lord. I mean, he he counted, he got a team with, yeah. the, with the GOAT, you know? And then, he again, I don't understand why sometimes I feel like he's an owner in sports because he doesn't, like me, I need to be a very motivated fan. Like, I, I, want, I want you to want to be good because that's what you always hear. Oh, we're Blue Collar City. We all work our asses off. We want to, like, if I'm not going to win a championship, please give me a team that will be out there diving on the floor for the ball. Mm. Give me something to be proud of. You know, and, and right now it looks like a, I'm sorry, man. I, it's just become, I've become so hardened right now. It's just a bunch of guys that say the right things because they're programmed like robots. And this is what happens in today's media. And they're not playing for each other because they don't want to be there because they know they're going to lose. And, yeah, and it, that's, that's where we're at with it. it might I mean, be. you look at the product on the floor, it's broken. Like, and, and to kind of get back to what's happening, you know, in the moment, like, through these first 11 games, it's the same problems we saw last season. And, you know, there, there's no, I don't know, there's just no, like, it seems like no end in sight or no way that it's going to get better. And like, that's, I think the, the disheartening part for, for Bulls fans. And again, you just, you, it stinks because you saw this coming, like, you know, well, it, and, and even, even if things got better this year, like long-term, you knew this would eventually happen that you'd have to eventually hit the reset button because you knew you were never going to make major moves to dip into the luxury tax. Right. And you know, the only thing that maybe you could do is get to the second round of the playoffs. If you were lucky, if you were at your very, very, very best, right. The absolute ceiling with this group, but we knew at some point, like there'd have to be some type of rebuild or reset. And it, and it seems like, you know, if, if what you're, you know, speculating again, right. there's I mean, nothing reported, but again, speculating I, I, right. that it, it might be Zach Levine kicking into motion. And it's, I mean, that's not is it surprising? I just, that, that was just you and I have no a exactly. and bull crap. And that's all like, I have no right. idea if that's the case at all. I, I just, that's like my out, I, outside perception. I know, but I, and my point is if, if that is the case, it's like, we could have seen that coming at some point, right? Like, Oh, you think so? Things you know, would I, get so bad that eventually, you know, one of your big name players is going to, you know, want out. And and for somebody like Zach at 28, you know, in the midst of a max contract, of course, like you, you eventually want to prove it at some point. Right. I think, you know, I, I'm not surprised. And it, it didn't seem like, you know, based on some of the things he was saying today, like, you know, it's unfortunate these things are happening, but, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I just keep coming back to like, this off season last year's trade deadline. There were so many ways to kind of 
reset this in a way that would, you know, kind of, I think, restore faith in the fan base. I'm glad you said it and, that way. I, I am. I'm glad you said it that way because there was space to do so. So we're sit, we're sitting here now. We we're just had a prior conversation about Jerry and how we think he does things and he meddles a little bit. And, and we speculated. We speculated. We don't know. We speculate. But then I look up and down the roster, bro. And Acme's had control of this team since 2020, right? <laughs> and you're in a bad spot right now. You have DeMar on an expiring contract. We don't know what he's going to net if you even move him. Mm-hmm. Rumors of an extension. I highly doubt that happens now. Um, you have Zach. We don't know what we're going to get. I, I, I'm just correlating another star shooting guards trade. That's all I'm trying to do because I don't have anything else to base it off of. And you have no young... I, you don't have a dog on this team that could be like, okay, give him the reins and let's see what he could do for a minute. They have built this team in their image. And it's a, it's, it's a big problem. Like they're going to need a big net returner. You're going to see about two to three years of very, very bad bulls basketball. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay for me because I want to get in the draft, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, I'm okay with that. Well, and I think part of me wanted to see a little bit of this, whether it was a retool, a full reset, what have you this summer. Like I, I'm kind of in the same position with you, I think on Patrick Williams, I keep vacillating back and forth. I see something there, but I think the situation that the bulls are in right now, it's just, there's no way you can get somebody like that to develop in a situation like this. And that's the way that you put it. Thank you. Thank you. Because, because I say he sucks, and I don't mean that. You you no. are able to to actually. You're a lot better with words than I am, dude. So like that's no, how it works. But, uh, but putting it plainly, sometimes you, you need to because at in this situation, you, you have to say, yeah, he he sucks given where he was drafted and what you expect from him. Now, right. I think some of it is a mental blockage with him, right? Like it's more of the I feel like I'm the younger guy on this roster. There's three veterans on this team that need the ball to succeed. I need to step back, let them do their thing. And I think it kind of, that can even build bad habits over time. And I think that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. And and part of me wanted to really get a full evaluation of a kid like that, but it's hard to do it when you have the roster built the way it is. You know? Right, right. And, and that's the thing with Pat. So like the physical tools that you brought up, they're there. I know mm-hmm. they're there. I know they're there. They do, I mean, his hands are huge. He moves quick on his first. He, unfortunately, he can't. He has a hard time going to one certain section of the court because he's. I don't feel like he's worked on his game a lot, and I feel like that's a lot of the Bulls' problem. Okay, mm-hmm. he shoots a three at a decent clip. He can play defense because he's long and lengthy. Let's stop pretending that he's that he's you know like oh the Bulls are helped him with this or look how much he's improved. He should be able to do that. He's twenty two years old and he's fit and he's in shape. He should be able to do that, and he's been playing basketball his whole life. But anything else I've seen from him is nothing but 2K, like the fadeaway jumper that's not going in this year. It's a 2K move. You stand mm-hmm. in the corner and it, you don't like, and when you get the ball, you shuffle your feet. It's IQ stuff. It's up here for Pat. It's up in between his ears. Mm-hmm. And that's his problem. But when I say he sucks and the people are like, oh, Buzz, he doesn't suck. I'm like, listen, dude, yeah, he can stand in the corner and hit a three. He's drafted fourth in the draft. There's been, and again, if the Bulls are failing you, you know what gets you paid $20 million a year? Off-season real work. Mm-hmm. Off-season real work. I understand you're working with DeMar and all that stuff, but you know what, dude? Maybe if it didn't work after the first time you did it, you should try something the second time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anything from him. And that's the fact. Is that the Bulls failing him? It could be. But is, yeah. do, I, do we see the dog in him? I don't. 
Well, and it's interesting because you go back to like when they drafted him, right? What the situation was at that point. And things starkly changed a year later, right? Because at that point, Vooch is here, DeMar's here, Caruso's here, Ball's here, right? And like the makeup of the team completely changed where I think the expectation level changed. Right. And that's that kind of goes back to, I guess, some, another question like, what was Acme thinking at the time of drafting him? Like, did they have that in the back of their head that they wanted to go that route? Or did they just see, oh, Vooch is available. Let's go grab him. And, oh, hey, you know what? Lonzo Ball might be available and DeMar might be available. You know what? Why not? Which is kind of scary because you would hope your executives would see a little more of like a, you know, one year, two year, three year plan, right? Like kind so of having like a, ti- together. a timeline. Right. Have an actual yeah, timeline. Time, like, it never made sense. And that's where you kind of get back to like, okay, well, if you want to have a a sense of player development strategy, right, you're going to bring in this raw guy like Patrick Williams, you need that house in order. And it's almost like they've made that move now, you know, this past summer. These are the things that make you just scratch your head. And that's again, like part of that's your, your leadership, right? Your, your GM, your, your EVP, but it's also your ownership. Like, you have to put all of those, I think, dollars and make that clear. Like, these are resources we need to build up now. Uh, yeah, I, I I love your point on that. And 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 when I when you asked like what were they seeing, I, I I see a lot of people type this when they're talking on Twitter about like potential prospects. And again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. It's not what I'm trying to do. It's just something that looks silly to me when we're talking about the game of basketball. Something I've been watching my whole life. I played it. You know, I I did all that cool stuff before my body stopped growing and my knees went out. You know, like, <laughs> but they say about, oh, well, his archetype is just something special. This is not NBA 2K. Just because he's 6'9 and he could dribble a bit and shoot a three doesn't mean he's some sort of special archetype that has an A-plus potential that's going to shoot him from a 67 overall to a 90 over a year. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. That's not what happens in real life is a lot of development goes into these players. That's why they're trying to get the damn G league off the ground because all these kids were leaving college so early that they were getting to the NBA and not blossoming until they're 24, 25 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's, that's the thing here is like, I don't know what they've looked at draft wise, but they did it again. They did it with Dalen Terry. This kid mm-hmm. can't get Matt. He is a first round draft pick that can't get on the court. It's we problem. Are, we're small. We're a small team. He's a forward. He can't get on the court. Well, and again, go back to that. Like in a year where you knew there was a chance you were going to be without a pick the following season, <laughs> you opt to draft somebody who has very raw skills. And that to me is concerning because if you don't have that player development structure in place, you need the pro ready guy. And I feel like Kessler Walker Kessler. I mean, that's a great (laughs) example. You want to go into thinking of the plan B. If you let Vooch walk. Exactly. There you go. And then I love you. Well, I, I, you know, I, I try to be loved. I try to, it's nice to talk to somebody like, seriously, me and Keith goose, we talk about this a lot, dude. And Mm -hmm. like, that's why I love your mind about it is because you're looking at plan B. Why am I taking Walker Kessler? Cause I don't know if I want to pay Vooch $20 million a year and run this back. Well, you need the flexibility. And I think that's, what's kind of concerned me a little bit. Cause like you, you look at the, the bulls roster. Um, and I'm a huge fan of like, I love, um, 
from CHGO, big fan of Will Gottlieb, and and he talked about position. He talked about positionless basketball, right? Right. There's a way of going about it, and I feel like the Bulls just kind of it was like up on six eight forwards and just said go. Yeah, crap collection. Just going. (laughs) All right, here you go. Here's everything we could think of, right? And sometimes it just doesn't work that way where you're just like, okay, well, just pick all these guys that you would love to have as role players and just roll the ball out and it'll work. It, it doesn't work that way. And, um, you know, I, I was a big proponent of Billy Donovan when he got hired. I love the I, move. I, and, I do too. And I just, again, like the roster you brought in, does it actually fit what Billy Donovan wants to do? Does, is he a guy that you have coached a team that you want to emphasize player development on? And I just throw my hands up and go, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. And I think I'm I'm hitting like a breaking point. And it's tough when you have a podcast because Oh yeah. It yeah, it's like it's murder. Especially it, like it, for it you. I don't know how you do it every post game. I, I don't know how the hell you, you can tolerate it because I'd I don't know. I'd be We we have started to like this is our whole idea for this year. Mm-hmm. We knew in the beginning that this was gonna be tough. And we, this is our fifth season with bulls on tap and mm. we've been doing a lot. And we, 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 we're, the only games we miss is usually my fault because they're like West coast games and I'm old and I, you know, I don't want to stay up that late, dude. I got to go to work the next day, you know? So like, those are like the only games I miss unless we go. Um, I, I just, we're trying to keep it fresh this year with bringing people. Like if you're down and you te- I, like, you know how informal I am. It's just kind of like, I got a million kids running around. I'm jumping all over the place constantly. If you text me one night, be like, buzz, I want on. Let's go. Like, here's the link. Let's go. Like, that's what we're trying to do this year. We're just trying to have fun with it. We'll sit there. We'll talk maybe three, five minutes about the game. And then we just start spewing bull crap. Like we were talking about that. The Zion rumors yesterday for like 30% of the episode. It was just, you know, what could you do to make that work? And I know this sounds so silly, but what could we do to maybe bring in RJ Barrett and Zion Williams? So we're all laughing about it because we're just trying to have fun at this point mm. because it's very repetitive of what we have to talk about, you know? Yeah. You know, like it's, it's funny when I started this podcast in 2019, you know, the, the main focus I was having people come on to present rebuilding plans. And this was the last year of Garpax and, you know, to kind of see where we're at now, Glad I never changed the name. No <laughs> um, shit. I, I know, right? You can't make that up. You kept it. It's happening again. <laughs> I, I, no shit. After <laughs> like the summer of 2021, I remember thinking, damn, do I need to change the name? Like, it seems right. like they have some type of a semblance of a plan to build the roster. I didn't think it would cap out there. I'll be honest. Like, if you gave me the truth serum back in, you know, the uh, the around the holiday season in 2021 when the Bulls were like first place Eastern Conference, I really thought that there would be one more seismic move coming to the Bulls, like some type of off season acquisition. I thought was going to happen in 2022, and it kind of ended up I be, think being the biggest slap in the face that you know it was that minimum signings. Right. Like, well, right. Yeah. I mean, I, they were they were strapped cash and, and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I know that. But and I don't know who they were willing to trade with. But you could have done something to, well, to rebound of the loss of Lonzo Ball, because anytime you go into a I, I don't care who what team you are and who what basketball expert says anything. Anytime you go into a friggin season without a for sure point guard, you're going to have a bad time. Yes, you're going to have a bad time, but you're you going to have a bad time. <laughs> so. And I think that's the crazy part, too, because you think of how. 
you know, Acme made these moves operating over the cap. Right. That off season, the tw- and I, I when I keep seeing that off season, the 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 summer of twenty one. Right. You thought, okay, well, there's creativity there, and there was part of me like that was thinking, oh, okay, well, there's creativity there to shuffle the 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 deck a little bit, you know, try to make moves to, you know, move, move certain guys out, get better role players in. Like I thought acquiring shooting was going to be a key point of emphasis um, in the summer of 22. That was not even close. Like they just went with, you know, a streaky shooter in, in Goran Dragic and, and somebody to kind of fill a point guard role, but none of that came in. And I think that's what's stunning to me is it's just capping out with this group. And and it, it sucks because I think it, it puts people, you know, on edge when it comes to somebody like Zach Levine. Like Zach Levine deserved this kind of judgment of, well, like, you know, he's he's a max guy. You know, he should be like a lot of guys get paid max contracts that maybe aren't like your best two way players, yep. but usually get them next to somebody who's a bona fide stone cold alpha. That to me is more on the Bulls than it is on Zach Levine. I don't. Oh yeah, the, like the the criticism that goes Zach's way with it. Well, are you, would you? I mean, would, let's be honest. Would you say no to a max contract? Oh hell no! Right. And he, it, it, and, when I, I mean, I, I understand the landscape yeah. of the league now. Like again, this is where I, I struggle so much is because I am. <laughs> as you age, kids, you will start to adapt a little bit and try to, <laughs> and, and you'll have a hard time understanding why new things are happening. When I was a young lad. Not everybody got maximum contracts. That did not happen like that. Mm-hmm. It did, just because Zach Levine can light up the scoreboard and get you 28, 5, and a 5 in a day where you score 120 points a game or, in a, you know, in a time that you do, I never thought, like, I listen, I understand why they had to give it to him, and I was not willing to let him walk for nothing after what he was mm-hmm. doing. Okay? I don't think anybody was. Um, Do I think he's, a, like, in my standards of basketball, it doesn't matter what my standards are. I'm not a part of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in my standards of basketball, Zach Levine is nowhere near a Mac in my mind, a max player. He's a great scorer. He's a good player. I like him on my team. If he had, like you just said, an alpha next to him that he could take that pressure off of. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen Zach out of a game. And what I mean by out of a game, it's twofold. I've seen his head take him out of a game and I've seen his head coach take him out of a game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen to superstars, buddy. That doesn't yeah. happen. That doesn't happen to superstars. And like, for me, it's the definitions changing because that max terminology was reserved for those, you know, super alphas in the NBA. But right. there's been so much verbiage added to the the CBA mm-hmm. and new new kickers that are put in there that yeah, somebody like Zach is going to get max money. Right. Because the league is changing the way that they kind of define all this because I think they're just flush with cash. Now, it's <laughs> never and, enough, though, right? Right. Well, <laughs> and that's why I kind of look at it like I, I've always looked at it this way. And I'm I'm very particular with the way that I kind of bucket players. I feel like there's a lot of win with guys mm-hmm. in the NBA. I think Zach is one of them. I think DeMar DeRozan is one of them. I agree. But man, there's very little win because of guys and your win because of guys might only make up like the top 10 of your, you know, top, you know, players in the league, right? Like maybe just, and I don't know, like we could probably do this exercise, but 
there's not a lot of those guys in the NBA. So you either have to find them through the draft or you have to luck into luck into them. And, and some of that's building a roster that's, you know, capable of making noise in the playoffs. And sometimes you have to go into the luxury tax and spend the money to do that. Even if it's like, all right, I'm going to build a team with Zach Levine on a max contract, but man, I got to surround. I got to make sure I have the best role players in the NBA to make this work. I think that's what's frustrated me with the Bulls. Oh, is, it, it is very hard to build a. It is build a, a real legitimate contending team, and like you said, the role players are. I mean, a lot. Like my dad was just saying this the other day. It's so funny you just said that, is because we were talking about it's a superstar league. And he goes, yo, yeah. And he goes, yeah, Jokic is a, a bad dude. And I'm like, right. And he was like, Jamal Murray is a really good player, too. And I was like, right. And he goes, Michael Porter Jr. had a decent playoff run to the finals. And I was like, okay. And he goes, they have a lot of great role players, Brad. They didn't have, you know, call me Brad. He won't mm-hmm. call me Buzz. He goes, if they didn't have those, though, they're not winning that championship. He goes, it ta- it's a like it's the teams with those guys with what you just said, those role players around them that complement their best players. In Zach's, in fairness to Zach Levine, if he could have been that guy to do – he only had 35 games of a team that was kind of built really good around him. True. Like, that's why I don't hate him. That's why I'm like, I'm not a typical Chicago get out of town. It's just kind of like, uh, it didn't work. It's aging now. And I don't think it's worth to rebuild around a 28 going on a 29 year old uh, dynamic score. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I feel like the, um, you know, it's kind of get like, I, I know like what you were saying there about it being kind of hard to build you know, teams in this NBA with, with like, if, if you're dedicating so much money to those big players, but you know, I keep thinking back to, um, trying to think of a, a, what year it was, it would have been 2019. I, and I know it didn't work. So hear me out. Okay. You remember when, when Brooklyn got Kyrie and, and Katie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That roster was like the biggest overachieving roster. And it was because it was built to perfection in terms of, young players and role players, right? Like these young high ceiling guys and a bunch of these really good role players. Right. So you had like, I think on that team, uh, you had Seth, Levert, Seth Curry was one on that team. Seth Curry, I think uh, Dinwiddie was on that team. Dinwiddie was on. Yep. Yep. And D'Angelo Russell. Yep. And, and this team overachieved and D'Angelo Russell was like the high upside guy on that team, but mm-hmm. everybody was like this really solid role player. And by the end of like that and, and uh, Jared Allen too, was on that. Oh team. yeah, that's right. Before he went to Cleveland. Yeah. Right. That's, and God, and he got shipped out because they wanted to bring in, I think DeAndre, uh, what was it? Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, if you remember, because that's who Durant and Irving wanted, but right. it was like this team that, you know, just, I don't want to say overachieved, but you saw like, wow, this team has a lot of really good pieces. And if a star wants to come here, they got a nice little, you know, team to kind of build around whoever that star is. And I think that's what I've always been wanting the bulls to do something like that. Get me to a position where you have all of this, this budding roster with potential. And I know there's people that don't like this team, but the Orlando magic seem like they're going to be a great example of this. The Indiana I, Pacers. I yep. Th- these, these are teams that you kind of see like they're building and they might not have super, super, superstars. But they're starting to build teams that have these really high role players or guys with really high ceilings. And that's what I was hoping that the Bulls would eventually get to, I think, when Acme got here. Now, when they pivoted, I thought, okay, they're a real aggressive bunch. 
they're going to go ape shit and just do anything like to to swing trades, get aggressive, whatever. But that didn't happen. And I think that's where it got frustrating because it just to me was a half-assed plan to this point. Well, I kind of like how you said that too, is because like, think, think about this for a minute. Like you come in and you just, you let that first season go by, you know, that weird season because of COVID and all that stuff. And you're evaluating your talent. You're eval- evaluating Kobe White. You're evaluating Zach Levine. You're evaluating Lowry Market, and you're evaluating Wendell Carter Jr., right? And then you just take this baseball bat and you just swing for the fences and you go and get Vooch and then you go and get Damar and then you go and get Lonzo and then nothing after that for a couple of years. And it's mm-hmm. just like, huh. Like not even like like you said, not building a nice little core around them to attract other people when Demar's getting old and aging, and who's gonna want to come and join a dumpster fire with Zach Levine? Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody is. They're gonna want him to go to them because they're probably in better shape. You know, I mean that that's the thing here is it, it, it's so delicate. It's so funny. I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know what their plans will ever be. I, I I don't know what they are, but they certainly don't. Like if you were to ask me right now when you brought up Orlando or Indiana. Or shit, I know OKC's got SGA and he's a star. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a star now. He's he's we're watching it happen. But that was another one, another yeah. team. This this young kid with a ton of potential, and I know they have ninety seven million picks. I I get we don't have that, but look what they did too. It's possible yeah. in the NBA. You just have to have that vision and not be lazy. And um, my listen, I was all about him for thirty five games, bro. I'm talking, I was talking, listen to me. I was talking that championship shit the whole time. I was like, oh my God, they're going to win. Like, this is nuts. Hey, look, I had you on, it would have been a, it was a panel leading into the 2022 season. Sure. When when they, you know, had that, that really nice start to the year. And I remember it was you, uh, Peck and Salim Sudawala, I think were the, the people on that. And we were all very positive at that point because, I mean, yeah, we're coming off that COVID shortened year and you kind of look at the way things were setting up like, wow, this is this is different. This is new. But I think it goes to show you can't just like, I don't know, buy your way out of it. And I, that sounds weird because like they they didn't use all their assets and, and resources to do that. Like we, But it still makes before. sense. That still but makes sense. What you it, said. It was just like throwing throwing anything like, oh, yeah, let's let's get DeMar. Let's get Lonzo. Let's get this guy and, and see what happens. I guess, and, I guess it goes back to making the Chicago Bulls cool. Yeah. Well, like Mark and, Eversley said, you know, like this is a player friendly team and we want to do right by you. And they certainly did right by Vooch. If they ship I, Zach where they want to, if where he wants to go per clutch, they did right by Zach. Well, you think about this, like I mentioned, you know, my thoughts on like, well, do you look at the Reinsdorfs and really like start to point the, the, put the, them in the crosshairs a little more than your basketball brain trust. And, and the reason I, I sometimes do that, like they, they give us reason to have doubt. They give us reason to, to kind of throw these theories out there because I, I keep thinking like, did they influence some of this because they knew like, or they said, you know, we've been in a rebuild for three years, right? right. 17, 18, 19. We did that 20. Right, right. You can evaluate it. We've been doing this now for four years. We got to do something. Can you guys do that? And I, I wonder if that was how these guys got the job was like, find us a way to get us out of this rebuild cycle, get us back to relevance. And that's why we got what we got. 
I, I and I that's a good way to think about it because I've never really thought about it that way. It's like when they're sitting down in their interview, you know, and, and they're interviewing Arturis Karnaschovas, and then he eventually brings Mark Eversley over. Is, is that the conversation? Is that like mm-hmm. we have been very, very bad and attendance is going down because that was everybody saw that it was happening. Yep. Attendance was going down for the Bulls, and that does not happen. And then they make all these moves after the new front office. You get everybody jived up. They make all these moves. Maybe they weren't the right people for the job. You know, I, I don't know, but maybe they said the right things. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that definitely could be true. I just don't know how, tr- you know, I don't know how it would actually shock me. Yeah. That. It, w- and- it wouldn't shock me if that's actually what happened. Well, and that's why, like, I there's moments where I, I still think you have to put some of the blame on on. You know, our tourist card show up as Mark, obviously. I don't want to make it seem like they, they're blameless in all this. But there are parts of me that wonder if they're always operating with their hands tied behind their back because of who their ownership is. Um, now, again, at the end of the day, though, that doesn't excuse the fact that you can't sit your owners down and tell them, look, at the trade deadline last year, this is not this is not going well. And like, <laughs> don't think this is going to actually go well. It's bad. It, it's pretty bad. Like, I think you could you could sit them down and and explain that. And if you can't explain that, then, yeah, that makes me start to wonder. Are you right for this job? Yeah, you have a, well, you have um, a backbone, really. Is because, right. I mean, you got to think at the same time, were you just eager to get a job to put your name on the door and you're going to tarnish your whatever you're trying to make your legacy because you just wanted the job that bad? I, I have no idea. I, I'll tell oh. you this, though. They they royally. And I cannot believe this happened this quickly. Have lost half this fan base. Mm. I, I I'm okay with watching them rebuild it because I want to see what they do. Does yeah. that make sense? Like I want to, I, I don't know how much trust I have in them, dude, but I want to see what they do. Well, cause th- this is what will be interesting. And I, I think this is kind of a, a good point to start to wrap up on is, you know, when they came in, they inherited the rebuilding vision that Garpax had, right? Like they, right. they inherited those young players. Um, and you know, it, it, it was a different kind of rebuild because it was one where draft capital wasn't being built up. It was just kind of like being bad and, and taking whatever pick you had. There was no spinning off of assets a lot to try to like, again, build up a war chest. Like you brought up OKC, you brought up right. some of these other teams that are usually at the bottom that try to do this. Um, And, you know, it'll be interesting. Like, what's their philosophy to tearing it down and building it back up right that's don't what I, I am i am curious i want to see what they do like i i do really i would really love to give them a shot to give me i, I listen I'm, I'm i'm down for two to three years here if you're gonna be bad and we can get into these drafts and get you know a, i've already i think i put out a tweet already about tank for flag <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm already there you know so it's just i would like to see what they can do because they do both come from backgrounds of being a part of organizations that do draft good players. So, I mean, a little of that, that has to be there. I don't understand what happened with Taylor Terry and, and what they saw in, in P will at four. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been drafted. I'm just saying, I don't know what they saw at him in four. All right. Uh, you know, but I, I would like to see what they could do, not under the gun and not under pressure, but to really like legitimately sit down, take a breath, let's reset and let's find the best player available and develop this man into what we can and start building around him. Or, 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 you know, adding more to the mix, something. I'd like to see it. All right. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you to to make a prediction. When 
do you think or if something's going to happen here with with Zach Levine, when do you think it it happens? Do you think it does happen within less than a month like Darnell Mayberry's hearing from other executives around the league? That playing tournament ends like next month, doesn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yes, or, I think they're not it, playing. I'm so sorry. The in season tournament. In season tournament. Yeah, yeah the NBA Cup. Yeah, the NBA Cup. There's so much new stuff. Uh, I'm old and 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 I don't like change. It's um, okay. Yeah. So that's next month. Once that's over, I could see it. I mm. that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick a little bit before the deadline because they're just going to get out of it. Maybe that's when it'll be it. So that'll be the Bulls Nation's Christmas gift as the start of a rebuild. That's what I'm thinking. That, okay. Because I mean, because what if they make some noise, dude? Like, what if they actually? I know they lost game one, but what if you come out and you do something, and they're like, "Oh, well, we want to continue with the continuity." Like, who knows? But if I had to pick, they're going to get bounced, and it would be sometime after that. That'll be my prediction because okay. I don't want to say trade deadline because I think I feel like everybody would well, you know say around that. Yeah, I think like I I get that sense. I I think it's going to happen sometime in December if it is going to happen. Yeah, that's where and- I'm, that that's where I'm at. And I kind of look at it too, like writing on the wall right now. You start looking at the schedule, you know, you get these two games against the Magic, one of them being an, an in season tournament game, um, the next two games here for the Bulls, and then hosting back to back at home against the Heat. Oh, dude, that's bad. It's, it's bad. this is what I mean. Like, this could be an interesting few games. And then after that, you get to go to Oklahoma City and play a team that whooped you on opening night. So, I know we got to go, but I, I do. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. What What would you like to see? Would you like to see them do it quicker so we can start getting into this draft because we have our pick? Like, would you like to see them do it quicker to make that move? So it's just like, you know what? We know we're not winning a ship. Let's pick a lane and let's do it now. Like, how do you feel? I about mean, that? I would say sooner rather than later. Like, okay. if, if it could be done and like, I guess like I don't like to root for losses, but there's a sick part of me that's wondering, man, if if these next four games if you find yourself, you know, Owen four, you know, again, four home games where that's happening. But if it's that bad because of, of the noise kind of swirling around, I would rather see that happen. You know, uh, Matt, I've known you for quite a long time. I think everybody that follows you and listens to this podcast know that you do not root for losing, but you're a, a deep thinker and you look towards the future because losing now doesn't mean you're going to lose forever. Mm-hmm. Losing now might build a winner. And that's something that people need to remember in professional sports. I don't want to root for my team to lose, but I know that my goal isn't a play in appearance. It's a championship. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you build towards it, you get a first round exit with a young team, but we're going to come back next year. And we're going to be better. That yeah. is what I want. I don't want this. Ah, well, they got there, you know. That, that's what I, what I don't want. Well, and I'm I'm in lockstep with you on, on that philosophy. So I'm always of the mindset that at the end of the day, the goal is to have to build a championship contender, to build mm-hmm. a team that should win a championship. Now, that sometimes happens in stages, right? Like you're right. going to have teams that you know are younger and they might be a playing team, like OKC was last year. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that when my team's on on the come, right? They're young and they're they're hungry and they're they're slowly building up. The situation I'm in now, if playing is is what I'm getting out of a, a more veteran and seasoned roster, I I do have a problem with that. Yeah, like I I don't. I'm all for having fun and and mm-hmm. getting to some postseason play, but that's only if I know I have a team that can continue to get build and 
get to that point of championship contention. So yeah, like I, I would love to see things happen sooner rather than later if possible. So yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm right with you, brother. That's what I want to. I want this team to do well. I want them to win. I really hope that Acme, if they do take the opportunity to rebuild, do it well. Cause I don't want to go through another GM search with this team. I I'd like, I'd like them to try to do that. Uh, mm. Do it sooner rather than later, pull the bandaid off because the whole world now knows because of the reports that came out today, that this is coming to an end and it's happening soon. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, Real quick, Buzz, where can people find uh, podcasts, your work for ONTAP? Yeah, uh, so if you want to ri- uh, read any of our written content, go over to ONTAPSportsNet.com. We cover every major Chicago sports team and some pop culture stuff. If you want to listen to us uh, and join us in the comment section on YouTube, 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 YouTube on ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel, we open our comments um, and we just we really just shoot the crap with everybody in the comments now that the team has been so terrible and we just try to have a good time with it. And remember Marcus Pfizer or Ron Mercer or a bunch of weird stuff that I'm dropping names that people don't probably know, but uh, we like to have fun in there. So if you want to do that, you guys are always more than welcome to drop it and have a good time. Marcus Pfizer, you know, what always is <laughs> in my head. I mean, just the fact that he was just God awful, but I remember there was a game <laughs> against the Houston Rockets I think during Yao Ming's rookie season. Oh, 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 oh God. Oh, um, Pfizer hit oh, a game winning shot oh two. over him. Yes. Oh, two. Yeah. I remember. I yeah, was, hit uh, the fadeaway. I was, um, oh my God, I was 11. I remember. <laughs> I remember it like yesterday, dude. That was nuts. Cause Yao was a big deal when he came out, man. Yes, he was. <laughs> it was yes, a big was. deal. And know? I remember Marcus Pfizer hitting a fadeaway over. Yao Ming, and I think it was a game winner. It ended up being a game winner. I gotta watch that back. I, yeah, that's nuts. Yep. Oh, good old, so, good old baby bulls, man. Oh man. Well, uh, there was a golden era that came out of that darkness, but you know we're still still hunting again, still trying to find that that time. So, Buzz, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon, but always appreciate your candor and your opinions. So, again, thank you for being on the Rebuildable Podcast. Oh, anytime, brother. I love you. I love that you have me on this thing. And like I said, any night that you uh you want to hop on Bulls on Tap to at least have somebody to share your misery with, we are there for you. All right. And we can commiserate about Marcus Pfizer. Absolutely. Have a good one, bro. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.